Welcome back to another episode of the Transform Your Life podcast. I'm Angela Haug, founder of the international online coaching business, Team Ange. I'm an expert in building muscle and losing fat, a natural figure and fitness pro athlete with the UFE, and a lover of everything personal development. I'm a mom, a businesswoman, Most days, I just feel like a hot mess trying to keep it all together. I spent the first two decades of my life overweight, tired, hating vegetables, and living off Pepsi. I got sick and tired of feeling tired every day and decided to transform my life. This fitness and nutrition podcast is dedicated to educating and empowering listeners on all things training, nutrition, and personal development. I'm on a mission to help you improve your body, achieve your goals, live a confident and fulfilled life stepping into your full potential. So let's help you transform physically and mentally to a person that's been hiding underneath all along. Let's do it. Hey guys, what's up? Welcome to this week's episode. For today's interview, I had the opportunity to speak with a lovely guest by the name of Denise Thomas. We talk all about what it takes to be an effective coach, what it takes to be an amazing athlete, and kind of everything in between there. So Denise, she is the head coach at Reebok CrossFit. She's also the CrossFit headquarters Flowmaster. She's been a judge at the CrossFit Games for eight years. She's got a master's degree in exercise science, and she even used to be an international soccer player. So you guys are gonna absolutely love today's chat where we talk all about effective coaching, how to be a great athlete, but you're also really gonna get some key information about overcoming some roadblocks. We talk about those hangups that you can have mentally and how you can get over those. We talk about how to get over fear and some advice to get started if you're feeling really intimidated with the gym environment. We talk about setting goals other than weight loss and some daily habits that are going to really give you some great bang for your buck. So as Denise puts it, we really want to give you some simple things that you guys can put into action right away. So without further ado, my conversation with Denise Thomas. I just want to take some time to welcome you and why don't we just get you to tell us your story all the way back from the beginning whenever that was that you were introduced to fitness. Mm. Yeah, I think I don't ever remember a time not being introduced to fitness. I was, I think it started probably from when I was five or six and I started playing uh, football, soccer. And um, back then in England, I I think it must have been the same for states, women's football was not really a thing. In fact, there was, there was really no women's team. So I could only play on the, with the boys and that started out on the fields, and then I went to when I went to school. I was the first female, you know, on the men's or the boys' soccer team in high school. And eventually, teams started to emerge, and I joined those teams. And that took me all the way through to semi-pro soccer to the national team. And during that time, I was always interested in fitness. And I got my first internship in a health club in my hometown, where I would just take people's training cards and file them and clean the equipment and I just knew that was probably around 15 16 years old I just knew that I really enjoyed being around it but I didn't know if I would make a career out of it so after that going through high school I got uh, an opportunity at the end of that to go to either college university or a soccer academy 
And I took the opportunity to go to this soccer academy where I stayed for two years. And it was during that time that I got an offer to come to the United States on a scholarship. So I obviously took that and I went through school. And during that time, I actually left and came back to England and joined a university called Loughborough, which is one of the top universities back home for health sciences and um, sports science. And I was with the English national team there on this kind of feeder school. But when I was going through that, as much as I loved that, and it was my dream to play for the English national team, I realized that I think I thought my future was in the United States. So I actually went back to the States and reclaimed my scholarship and finished school there and got an opportunity after that to be a graduate assistant at Long Island University in Brooklyn where I got my master's degree in exercise science and I helped coach the women's soccer team. And I think it was there where I found my path into fitness because I would take care of all the strength and conditioning for the women's team. And then I got an internship in Manhattan at a place called Velocity Sports that was a, a sports-specific training facility that was for high school kids, collegiate kids, professionals, and then your your weekend warrior, your boot camps. So that was that was kind of the journey into fitness. And at that point, I met one of my best friends now who introduced me to CrossFit. And we essentially took this journey all the way through to where I am now, where I work for CrossFit. And um, yeah, so I think in a nutshell, that was it. Amazing. What a, what a powerful story. And it's interesting that uh, you were so open to bounce around so much and move to all of these different places within the United States. Did you find that you were pretty open minded once you got over to the States in terms of where you wanted your journey to go? Or did you see yourself, hey, I really want to stay in this one city? No, you know, all I wanted to do when I lived in England was come to America. And and I think I knew I wanted to either be like a personal trainer or, funnily enough, a police officer. And I think that came from the people that don't know. Everyone that lives in England thinks that the movies are a, re- a real, true representation of what it's like to live in America. So I'd see all these movies and I'd be like, oh, it'd be cool to be a police officer in like New York City. And obviously that didn't happen. But I um, when I moved here, I just wanted to be in the United States and my, the opportunity arose in Connecticut, and so for the longest time, for a good couple of years, I just thought the U.S. was Connecticut, and this was how it was in America. Um, I traveled around a lot with the soccer team, but only in the surrounding area and the tri-state, a little bit to PA, and so I was, I've was i always been a traveler. I traveled a lot with the, the national team, the Irish team. Um, it's just always been part of my life because I came to the United States when I was 19 and I'm 39 now but I never anticipated on moving to New York City I was actually ready to leave the States after my scholarship because I missed home and I thought oh you know I'll just I'll give it a shot I'll go to New York and I'll see what's available and I ended up loving New York after a couple of weeks of crying every night and needing a, a good friend of mine to just console me and you know show me around the city and show me what what it could offer. I ended up really embracing it. And um, during that time, I would visit one of my friends in Philadelphia. So I got exposed to another city where I ended up running uh, the Philadelphia Marathon at that time. I kind of got pushed into that. Um, I I think I've been pushed into most things 
like that, honestly, where a friend is like, hey, do this, and then they backed out, but I continued doing it. Um, and, yeah, I think I've, I've always been open-minded to that. I think I truly found home in Boston when my friend was like, hey, come up to Reebok and, uh, you know, come work at Reebok. And back then, Reebok was a new partner of CrossFit. And CrossFit's always been known as this very cool, like, underground, like, fight club kind of fitness community. And Reebok was coming in, and they were, like, these giant corporate beasts that were going to change the face of CrossFit. And so I was very, like, anti-Reebok. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to do it. But my friend was like, no, come, you'll see. You'll see what it's like. So I went up there, and it was right at the, the beginning of the partnership. And I thought, oh, you know, this would be a really cool opportunity to help Reebok and Reebok employees who are going to build apparel and footwear for this sport be very cool to be part of their journey from the very beginning and help it grow and ensure that they don't dilute the CrossFit methodology. So I think in short, you know, to answer your question, I have always been open-minded to opportunities and I tend to, I tend to go for the more challenging one um, historically and I think it's paid off so far. Mm, amazing. What do you do for CrossFit and Reebok now? For CrossFit, I am what they call a Flowmaster, which is essentially a course supervisor for the level one and the level two seminars that we have every weekend worldwide. And that responsibility includes managing the team, which can be anywhere from one weekend to the next. Me and one other trainer or me and four or five other trainers, it really depends on the volume of that seminar. And my role is to ensure that the seminar runs smoothly and I allow the trainers to be successful. So create opportunities for them to do their job where they don't have to worry. Um, we can take care and put out any fires behind the scenes. I'm also on the uh, review team, the re- research and development team for CrossFit, which helps review reports that need to be written every weekend from course supervisors. And I also have a hand in some of the content development for CrossFit's seminar content, like the, the seminar, the level one, the level two uh, scripts, essentially, which we, we deliver every weekend. So that's primarily my role for CrossFit. And what about for Reebok? And for Reebok, I, 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 well, right now I'm the head coach, which means I manage the CrossFit department within the facility. Um, in our facility, we also offer a bunch of studio classes, Les Mills disciplines, studio, bar, running, boxing, uh, boot camps, and then CrossFit. So my role is primarily to look after the CrossFit gym and make sure that things get done on that end and develop the coaches, uh, put on events, make sure the schedule's right, uh, revamp any kind of material that we have that we deliver. Um, That's what I'm doing right now. In the past, my official title was Reebok Ambassador. And that was just really a fancy term for somebody that would travel around and make sure that Reebok is being represented correctly within the CrossFit community and in different parts of the world um, and also help run events in different markets such as um, India or London, anywhere really we had a Reebok kind of event for fitness. So we still still do a little bit of that right now, but not as much as we did in the earlier days because... I've been at Reebok now for nine years. Mm, very cool. What would you say is the your favorite part about your jobs? 
my favorite part is working with people. I think, and the vehicle for that is obviously fitness and coaching and seeing people take small steps to big goals and doing things that they'd never done before. But I think I really enjoy the, the interactions that I have and learning about different personalities and what their barriers are to success. You know, it's, it's mostly less about the technical and mechanical aspect of movement and like, you know, the loading and the glamour of it. And it's really more about figuring out why people don't succeed. And more often than not, it's got more to do with what's going on internally and emotionally than it, than it does physically. I, I really enjoy that having different people that come into my area of, of work and figuring out how I can help them grow. And what would you say are the common things that are going on for people mentally that are holding them back from where they want to go with their uh, journey? I think a common theme is fear of the unknown, um, assumptions, and just like kind of how you can be blinded by social media and um, the internet. It's, it's often a case of just not knowing what the thing is that's holding that, that they want to do, such as CrossFit as an example is, we have big open windows in our gym, so you could walk past at any given time during a class and and hear the loud music and hear the coach motivating, um, hear barbells crashing and hear people screaming. And, you know, obviously at first glance and first impression, you're like, oh, hell no, that is not for me. Like, these people are crazy. Why are they yelling at each other? But if you just step into the gym and you watch a little, a little closely – you'll see that all that stuff is way less intimidating than it seems. And everybody in there is doing exactly what they need to do to achieve their goals. It's very easy to assume, and it could be anything. It's easy for me to talk about CrossFit, but I could make an assumption about Les Mills, which I don't particularly choose as my method of fitness, but the value it has for people getting them off the couch and increasing their health and their mental um, happiness is huge. People love that stuff. So it'd be very easy for me to say, oh, that's not for me, but how can I really judge something if I haven't tried it? You know, so I think I think one is that the assumption of they look at something and they make a judgment on it. But the other of, of the fear factor is just the, the unknown of what you're capable of and fear of failing versus just just jumping in and being like, yeah, I might make mistakes, I might get it wrong, but that's where really the results are, where I, I can learn from that mistake and, and go ahead, and then maybe it's for me and maybe it's not, and maybe I want to continue to do this thing on a higher level, maybe not, but I think the fear of the unknown and the fear of mis- mistakes and not being perfect is huge, a huge impetus for people not trying things and being held back. Mm-hmm. For the person that's listening, that's saying like, hell yeah, that is me, Denise. I am so <laughs> afraid of what other people are going to think of me. I'm so afraid of just diving into the space of fitness. What advice would you give to them? I think it depends on why they're fearful. But I would just say, at least I can speak from a CrossFit perspective, is everybody in that gym has been exactly where they are, whether it was overweight you know, unathletic, like they always got picked last in gym class or they're, they're like, I don't want to compete. I don't want to get big and bulky. And um, I think if you were to 
have a conversation with any one person in a class, they would completely give you the answers that you were looking for. For example, um, I don't want to do CrossFit because I don't want to get bulky. Well, well, there's a lot that goes into that. And if you ask a, lot, a bunch of people in the class how long they've been doing, doing CrossFit, they'll tell you four or five years, and they won't look like the people you see on the internet. Um, and I often all tell those people, well, you know, shame on you for thinking it's that easy to look like that. You know how much work those athletes have to put in to look that way? You know, they don't just show up and do one CrossFit workout or any workout, and then the next day they look like, you know, a Greek god or goddess with bulges all over it. That would be like saying you could go for a jog, and then the next day you're ready to compete in the Boston Marathon, and it just doesn't happen like that. So I think I would just tell them to come in, have a conversation um, with with anyone in the class and see what their journey with, their journey is and understand that everyone in there wants you to be successful. You know, I, I think it's, it's as simple as that for me. I had a girl that was really afraid of of coming into the class and we had multiple emails. I I'd told it she came in, we had a chat, and then eventually I was like, just just come and watch the one o'clock class. Um, because she would she saw the twelve o'clock class, which does have more of your younger clientele, you know, a little fitter, a little intimidating. I'm like, that's one it's one branch of what we do. It's one class to the one o'clock. And in that class there was a pregnant lady. There was a guy that's a little overweight. Uh, there was two ladies in there, one who's 59, one who's 54, who complain every single day, but they come every single day. There was, um, and then a bunch of people in between, you know, younger, athletic, younger, not athletic. And I, I walked her through the whole class and I'm like, okay, this is where you, you're going to tell you exactly what you're going to do in the workout. And then they're going to tell you where you, what you will do for the workout. And then we're going to do a little warm-up and we'll assess you. And then we're going to practice some of the movements. And you're going to either push your physical um, dominance, if you're that person that really likes to go for it, or you're going to push your physical competency, which just means you're trying to reclaim range of motion in your joints and increase you know, a depth in your squat that you may not have had for, for a long time. Whatever you need, it's almost like customized to your experience and your physical and psychological tolerance. So I showed her how the coach was walking around and having these one-on-one conversations. And then they did a little loading period. And I'm like, look, this guy over here, he's just on a 15-pound a barbell. That's that's not as heavy as the bag that you take to work every day. And this person over here, yeah, they're going to push a little more because they're, they've been doing it for six years and that's what they want today. And then they do the workout and they see what was going on. And, and she was like, this is great. And she signed up and she comes three times a week. And I couldn't have just talked to her about that with just me and her. Like, she had to see it. So my advice is to be go, ask questions, try it, and then you'll decide what's right for you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. What else do you think makes an effective coach in terms of being able to get people to stay consistent, get people to continually show up for your classes? What are the things that coaches should be doing to make sure that they're really supporting the clients that are coming to them? I think coaches need to understand first what people's goals are um, and any pre-existing injuries or experiences that they've had in order to go forward. So it could be somebody that's not moved for 15 years um, or it could be somebody that really wants to push 
competition. And I think that's going to determine their, their path going forward. So if it somebody came in and they um, haven't worked out in 15 years, we would first recommend that they, they try to come three times a week, maybe come one day, take a rest day, come one day, take a rest day, or listen, you know, listen to your body. Also explain to them that they might be a little sore, but that's just because they're doing things, they're putting their bodies in positions they haven't been in for a while. It doesn't mean they're injured. Because a lot of the time, people that haven't worked out for a long time, they, they experience soreness and immediately think that they're hurt, and then they don't come back for a week or two weeks. Um, but yeah, you'll be a little sore, but if you're, if somebody, if a coach, um, prescribes something to an, an athlete that hasn't worked out for 15 years and they get so sore that they can't back, come back for a month, that's, that's an ineffective coach because the idea is for the, for that person that when they're done with that workout, they think that they could have done more that day, you know, and it wasn't that bad. And, and we're going to continue doing that for maybe a week, two weeks, a month, a couple of months. And they're going to decide when they want to push. Because at least in CrossFit, fitness is its a very slow trajectory to a distant horizon that we, we barely meet. And every time you think you get there, we push you a little further or you push yourself a little further. Um, so often I hear people think CrossFit's dangerous and um, you know I'm going to get hurt. And, and that might be the case if you're with an ineffective coach that tries to just push somebody too fast too soon so i think understanding where they've been is the only way you know how to push them going forward and it isn't a you know jumping with both feet and let's let's do this thing because they'll fail it's a you know step by step day by day add a little bit more practice some skills and and so on um and so forth but if it is somebody that has been working out for a very long time maybe even an an ex-professional athlete in soccer basketball football and they walk in and they've got, you know, huge athletic prowess and muscles and they, they have a good engine. You can also do some damage to that athlete if you push them too fast too soon. Because what they were used to doing, their specialization in for soccer, for example, is, very, is a very different stimulus to what CrossFit is. And although they might have the physical capabilities of doing what's written on the board that day as prescribed, they probably shouldn't. So there's always a question of, yes, you can, but should you? And we're probably going to hold that person back too because they might not have the technique or they might not have the tolerance to the intensity intensity that's um, asked of them. So we'll hold them back, but their, their journey to um, increasing might be a little quicker just because they do have that athletic background behind them. But you have to ask the questions how long have you been working out? Have you taken time off? Are you injured? What are your goals? What are your injuries? Where did you come from? And and then the effective coaches can really start to put in some good um, plans. Mm-hmm. You talked a lot about programming there. What about communication? What would you say are some tips for communicating with the client when it's their first time coming through a class or the client who says, well, I just want to get results quick, so they want to keep pushing themselves harder, and they're kind of dancing on the line of it being dangerous. Yeah, that's um, that's definitely an issue where pe- people come in and they try and tell the uh, the quote you know quote unquote expert or the trainer, um, this is what I want and this is how it's going to happen. And unfortunately, we're in a very capitalistic world where money seems to drive 
um, how we communicate with our clients. And I think it, it's such a mess. It's uh, Coach Glassman, who's the founder of CrossFit, has always said to us, chase excellence, not money. And that's really hard to do because you might not see any uh, financial reward for a year or two, but I'll, but you'll have the right culture and you'll have the right community and you'll have the right people that you're working with. So they'll come in and say that and the, and the fitness professional will, will just be like, yeah, you're right, let's do that. Versus you from the very beginning telling them, no, 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 this is how we do things here. We, we will give you the workout based upon what you're physically capable to do. Um, and that's largely dependent upon technique. So that communication is, uh, we'll listen to what you have to say, but ultimately we're going to make the right call. Um, and it all depends, it obviously all depends on, on what you can do. I think the, the language that you use is, it's not a militant language. It's a, it's coming from a place of care and a, a place of, we want you to get results, but if you come in and you do this, which physically you're capable, you're capable to do, but psychologically, neurologically, and technically you're not able to do it, your results will be will be probably lower if not if completely um, reduced or eliminated because you'll you could get hurt. You know, it's not necessarily if you drive a car too fast you will crash, but if you drive a car too fast, the chance of you crashing goes up and it's the same with movement. It's yes, you can do this relatively poorly for a, a very long time and be okay based on the inherent safety of movement, of functional movement, but the chance increases. So this is how we do things here. And and then if they're like, oh, no, 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 I want to do this. I'm going to put more weight on the bar. I'm going to do all the reps. You, you try to explain to them again, educate them. And if that, if that conversation is not going well, it's as simple as I understand what you're saying. I can't provide that service. It's not what I believe in. There's a gym down the road. Maybe try them. And then, you know, we're, our doors are always welcome and open for you, but it's not how we do things here. And that's how you gain respect, credibility. You promote a healthy company if it's a one-person show or a healthy brand or organization if you're in a gym. And that's how you get a good reputation because the members will be your biggest marketing tool and they will communicate all these things. So it comes down to... It, honest communication um full transparency and not chasing money just chasing chasing excellence so i think i think that's the best thing honesty is the best policy there Mm -hmm. absolutely i love all that you just shared there denise now let's flip it to the athlete and since you have such an extensive athletic background i really want to talk about what makes a good athlete maybe somebody that's listening that does crossfit is looking to compete or maybe they have competed in the past and they want to improve on that what should they be focusing on in terms of becoming the best athlete possible that's a good question because you would think that becoming the best athlete possible means being in the gym three times a day, hitting your strength work, working on your skills, committing to the physical side of the sport, right? Being on the field, um, working on all those skills and drills, and but that's the easy part. And and at, you know, certainly at the CrossFit Games elite level, every athlete that steps out onto that field is amazing physically. They're strong. They're fast. They're flexible. 
they have good cardiorespiratory endurance and stamina and agility and quite like they have every physical skill that you could think of they're all really fit but the ones that will make it and the ones that will take their game to the next level are, are those that take care of their nutrition their sleep their recovery and their their psychological state and and it's as, it's really as simple as that because your body can only perform as well as the things that you do outside of the gym you can definitely get away with it for a while but if you want to compete at the high level and be there for a long time you have to be recovering you have to be stretching you have to be doing your acupuncture or your massage or whatever it is that you need your food food is critical it's it provides raw materials for all the energy you need to compete, whether it's high power, low power, long distance, short distance. And that's a very unique thing. It's very different, very individual to each athlete. So it's, it's really hard to say there's any nutritional expert out there when it comes to what one person needs to thrive. So they do that. They experiment with their meal timing and the supplementation and the kind of foods that they're tolerating and or thriving on or that they don't tolerate. But I couldn't tell you the amount of times that people tell me, no, no, I, I can I can eat dairy. I'm good. And I'm like, well, have you ever removed it from your diet for like a month and then reintroduced it and evaluated the effects on your health and performance? They're like, oh, no. Like, so how do you know you're not just tolerating it and it actually it has a negative effect, but you've just been so used to it your whole life that you, you think you're okay? Like, give it a shot. Take these things out and try it and I think athletes that write nutrition plans and follow it and they weigh and measure their food and they know how much protein carbohydrate and fat they need to um to fuel their their exercise are the ones that really thrive because that stuff's not easy that's really hard to do and that the commitment in doing that far outweighs the commitment in getting into the gym because that's the fun stuff everyone loves to work out but what's the point in doing that three hours a day and then you go out for the rest of the time and you're going to bed late and getting up late and not drinking enough water and not stretching and, and eating whatever you want. That's the hard stuff. So that would be my advice is start taking care of your nutrition, your sleep, your recovery and, you know, and your, and your mental state. Mm-hmm. What would you say has worked best for you then, Denise, in terms of either the flow of the day, um, maybe some rituals that have been really supportive for your own personal journey, maybe some tips that people would be able to introduce for themselves? Yeah, I think you have to find what works for you. I've tried it. I've honestly tried it all. I, I've i tried working out at night. I've tried working out in the morning. I've tried the zone. I've tried paleo. I've done it intermittent fasting. And it's always hard to not do the thing that's like the big buzz at the moment but I think the more complex you make it the less chance you'll have of getting the results so yes weighing and measuring your food will absolutely help you lean out it's proven but that's not always realistic for everybody but what you can do is just take a look at your plate and ask yourself at least for nutrition ask yourself well what's on that plate do I have three macronutrients that I need to give me energy and help me absorb and metabolize and digest my food. So do I have a protein, a carbohydrate, and a fat? You can think of your plate as being sectioned off three ways like that. And maybe um, you do, and that's great. And if you do, you ask yourself then, well, are these three things real food? And maybe two out of three are and one isn't. 
so you have a choice there. You can say, I can either sub- take it out and put something on that's real, because you always want to try and eat something that's natural uh, than something that's refined and processed. Uh, maybe you substitute it for something that's real. Maybe you don't. But all this is just a way of you educating yourself on what you're eating and be more mindful of it. Um, because over time, you can make different decisions, right? You could say, no, I'm not. I'm going to eat this today. I know it's not the best thing for me, but I'm going to eat it. Tomorrow, I'm going to do better. So I think that on the basis level is just trying to cut you know, highly refined and processed carbohydrates and, and processed foods and eat real food is, is the first stepping stone, at least nutritionally. And if people are doing that already, they're eating a qualitative approach, they can start to then just loosely eyeball the quantity of what's on their plate, such as you know, a palm size of protein, a, a couple of fistfuls of vegetables, and a small handful of, of fat, um, and do that. Versus some of the, the protocols out there, are like you must eat at 12.30, you must eat at three o'clock. Like, well, that's just not real life. It's great if your full-time job, you're just training all day and you're, you know, you have the luxury of running your own business and being able, but that's not who we're trying to help here in the fitness industry. Those people are good. They're already set. They'll do that. The people that struggle are the people with, you know, five kids and two jobs, a husband and a wife and, um, you know, family and those people, how do we help those? And I think just choosing real food trying to balance it out with those macronutrients and loosely have a quantitative approach to it that would help them and in terms of fitness it's if you can't get to the gym every day which people can't for multiple reasons right it, whether it's financial whether it's a schedule um all very valid valid um reasons what can you do at home you can always do something at home you can always get up and move for 20 minutes whether it's a walk around the block or a run around the block, whether it's a couple of push-ups or some sit-ups or burpees, just if you think I'm just going to do something for 10 minutes every day, the expectation there is far less daunting than committing to saying I'm going to go to the gym every day for an hour. So just do something every day. And, and naturally over time, you'll want to do a little bit more, whether that's buying a couple of dumbbells for your house or, you know, buying a rower, which is, you know, they're, they're like seven, eight hundred, nine hundred dollars but it's a great investment to be able to just do something at home if you can't go to the gym every day. Um, so I think that's all it is. It's just committing to moving for 10 minutes a day and naturally and gradually increasing that, whether it's time or intensity and following. There's a lot of programs out there online if you just Google 10-minute workout. Um, I think that's it. Less is more, honestly. Less is more. Don't jump in with both feet. Just little things every day. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about sleep? Are there certain things that you do first thing in the morning or before you go to bed that set the next day up for success? Oh man, I I am terrible with sleep. Not not that I don't sleep well. I sleep real well, but I have tried a bunch of things, and I think the biggest thing that helps me is going to bed early and getting up early. So I'll try and go to bed at nine. I'll try and get up at five, and. I'm always met with, well, that's, I can't do that because I'm never tired at nine. I'm like, well, you'll be tired at nine if you get up at five. And they're like, but I can't get up. And I'm like, well, that's the hurdle you've got to get over. You have to get up, commit to getting up at five o'clock for five days in a row. And trust me, you will be ready to get into bed at nine o'clock. That's the hard part. It's it's no different than 
withdrawing or you know, trying to detox on something, whether it's sugar, coffee, or you know, a class A drug. It's hard in the beginning, but you have to go through that, uh, getting over that hump. So that's really helped me be productive. And I, have, I find that I have so much more energy when I do that. What also helps me at nighttime is, and I'm not very good at this, but I really do try, is to not be on my cell phone when I'm in bed. And I try to have a cutoff. Like nine o'clock, cell phone's gone, whether it's just turned down or whether it's out the room and not to have any TV on or anything that's electronical with some sort of like light stimulus and just read and try and do some reading. But I tried to, um, I actually this worked. I got one of these alarms. I think it's like a Philips alarm clock and it wakes you up naturally. It's like natural light. And you can also wake you up to the sign, sound of like waves or birds. And you know, it cost me like 90 bucks or something like that. And I put it on one week. I was late to work twice and and not just like 10 minutes or 15 minutes but two hours and I told my boss I'm like I'm really sorry I'm trying this new thing and and now it works great but in the beginning definitely uh, I was not used to not waking up to my phone alarm um and I didn't want that by my bedside so I you know it was I had some barriers there but that really helps me is to go to bed early, early and get up late Obviously, people have different work schedules. They have to go to bed late. Um, but as long as you get in, for me, I think seven hours is the bare minimum I need to feel revitalized and re-energized and recover. Um, I think I'm good no matter what time I go. But that That's better for me. Early at bed, wake up early, get seven to eight hours sleep. Eight hours is, is optimal. Um, and I find that I'm able to get through the day without having any slumps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What about goal setting? What would you say are some good goals for people to set that aren't weight loss? So maybe some strength goals or or something outside of that. I find that something often when I have a client that comes to me that tends to be the first thing that they want to talk about, about how many pounds they're going to lose. And they don't maybe even have the knowledge of what some of those other goals might be. So would you be able to share some of the ones that uh, you suggest for clients? So are you are you asking me if they are they coming in and saying they want to lose weight or are they coming are you saying to ex, um, expose them to other goals? Yeah, in terms of exposing them, they may still want weight loss as a goal, but I feel as though if weight loss is the only goal, once they get there, it might be hard to keep them. So, what are some things that might be better to shoot towards, or maybe shoot towards at the same time? They're going to keep them motivated and going towards something. Yeah, I think uh, I think well, weight loss is it's like ninety percent nutrition and ten percent exercise. It's, it's as much as we want to believe it. You cannot outwork a bad diet. Yes, maybe on the outside you get the results you want, but what's happening hormonally with your the balance of insulin and, and glucagon, which is essentially what can create really um, devastating diseases like chronic disease. And I think they don't need to necessarily know the ins and outs of that, but I think talking to them about approaching their nutrition differently um, and having goals there and building a, an aerobic engine because that's essentially going to push the weight loss too is you know that high high intensity exercise whether it's um, low power high power moderate power over different time ranges I think you, you you need all three for balance so if you just 
approach them from the perspective of being balanced. So yes, we want you to lose weight, but with losing weight comes needing to develop strength and your flexibility and having a healthy diet. Because if you lose weight and you try to do this quick fix, uh, you know, 30 day, follow my program, you'll lose 15 pounds. That's not, you know, give them another month, that's going to come back. So you want to expose them to this complete lifestyle change and not just let's drop 20 pounds quick. That That's where sustainability is. It's a complete mental shift of changing what they're doing uh, daily, not just you know, their 30-day uh, their weight loss plan. Coming from that angle of education, I think, is very helpful. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, what would you say has been the best day of your life, Denise? Oh, the best day of my life. Well, my, my wedding day, obviously, um, was the best day of my life. Um, Why? Hmm. Because it was the day that I got to marry the person, you know, the person that is my soulmate, the person that supports me when I come home and I'm grumpy and I'm moody. And, you know, that person sees all my sides which you know no no one else sees that you know you're in your job yeah you can come in a little kind of grumpy or whatever but they don't see the the devil inside you when you get home and you know you need to vent and you need to de-stress and have a little rage once in a while and just knowing that that person has seen all that all those sides of me the good and the bad is just like no this is the person that I want to be with and support for the rest of my life and I think that day was it was just a really it just solidified everything that I thought what marriage should be. And when you find your person, um, they commit to all of you. And so I, I definitely think that was the best day of my life when I got to share it with the people that I wanted there, my family, my some of my best friends, a very small, close um, circle of people in my favorite city in the whole wide world, Philadelphia. Um, although I do love New York City, but we were in Philly, got to have the reception in a favorite restaurant. And it was just perfect in, in every way. It was very low key, which is kind of how we are. So I think, I mean, I know that was the best day of my life. There's been many great days, but if I had to say which one it was, it would be that day for sure. Mm-hmm. How'd you guys meet? We met um, in Philadelphia, uh, a house party in 2010, but we didn't actually reconnect till around 2013 um, and my my wife's name's Ashley she's a lawyer and uh, we had a long distance relationship for a really long time and that was another reason why I was like this you know people are like well that'll, that'll never work you don't live together and what's going to happen when you get together and you know blah 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 and you know they couldn't have been more wrong it was I think having the long distance definitely strengthened our relationship so yeah, we met through mutual friends in Philadelphia, which is, again, why we um, got married in Philadelphia, because we love that that city. Mm-hmm. Is she into fitness too? Yeah, yeah. But when we first met, she was, she was but not not really. She, did, she was a swimmer in college, really good swimmer. And then she left college and liked to do a little running, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. And she did CrossFit one time before I met her. And then when we met, she started doing it with me. I mean, she had to really. I just, CrossFit's <laughs> my life. You know, they, they make the joke of, you know, if you 
you married someone that doesn't like CrossFit, that's not going to last very long. But uh, she actually ended up really liking it, and she's really good at it, which, like, really, I'm like, every time, I'm like, hey, Ash, try this. And she tried doing a muscle-up, and I remember it took her, like, like, two months to get a muscle-up. It took me, like, three years. And she'll hop up and do it and then beat me in workouts. But she does like to cherry-pick her workouts. We have a little home gym in the bottom of our house in our basement. So she'll, you know, do a lot of rowing and burpees and all this stuff. But she... uh she she loves it now. A lifestyle a lifestyle completely changed. I think when we met, she went from her favorite food being crafts mac and cheese and Taco Bell to you know eating it really healthy. And she's a really good cook, so it's also a good notch on her belt because um, I don't like to cook. I can heat things up, but I can't cook. So she'll cook a lot of things. But yeah, her lifestyle completely changed, and she she does love fitness now. Mm, very cool. Very cool. Now let's talk more about the programs that you offer. I know you mentioned a little bit at the beginning there, Denise, but can you tell me more about maybe if somebody's listening to this, if they want to work with you or want to learn more about what you do, where would they go? Okay. Yeah. Well, I, I'm the head coach at Reebok CrossFit One, as you know, but that gym is um, only open to the Reebok employees and the tenants of that building. So a membership there, unfortunately, wouldn't be possible but I do offer I offer any personal training if people are interested in that. And you can reach me at um, my email address or my Instagram account, denthomas7. But the, the other programs that I offer are, the first one is the coach development program. And I co-own that with Austin Maliolo and James Hobart, who also work for CrossFit. Um, and the development program is for coaches that want to obviously enhance their coaching repertoire and how it works is they come to our gym at Reebok or another location that we've recently set up worldwide and they spend some time with one of our instructors. They watch class, they take class, they coach class, get immediate feedback um, on site and then they have the opportunity to correct that in the following classes. And it's a unique program because it happens within an affiliate, within a gym, and you're dealing with real people that you don't know. So immediately, any compass that you have of your own gym, such as knowing the clients, knowing the gym, knowing the logistics, knowing what equipment you have, are completely gone. And now you're faced with you know, 10 to 12 to 15 people staring at you and they're looking for leadership. So you, it's a really cool environment. It's nerve-wracking, but it definitely highlights any of those um, comforts that you have that are masked by your own gym. And uh, we have a one-day program, which is kind of like a crash course for coaching. So you come in, you coach class, we give you feedback, we do some drills, and you, you're on your way. Uh, but our more popular program is the three-day program where they spend three days with us at the affiliate. So obviously they just get more exposure to us and our program and the, the skills and drills we offer and the members um, and once in a while, we'll do a special five-day program, which is very intense. So it's a long, it's a long week, but it's what I'm a, most popular one. Um, unfortunately, we don't offer it all the time, but people that come for three days usually end up saying, "Can I stay for another two days?" And which it blows our minds because we're like, "You want to stay with us for longer? <laughs> like you, you haven't had enough." But they love it, and the people—they're just amazing people that come to those programs because it's not easy to be told, uh, 
do this better, do that better. Cause that's essentially what we're saying. We don't, they're not paying, you know, thousands of dollars to come and be told what they're good at. So I just, I really hold my hands up to those people. So that, so that's the coach development program, which can be found at coach development Prog uh, on Instagram. And you can also just go to the website at www.coachdevelopmentprogram.com. And on there, it'll list some dates and locations for anyone that's interested. Um, and then the, my little uh, side hustle is DT lesson plans. And that really started because I just wanted to share with the community how I plan for my classes. So it's essentially an organizational management offering where I, I take a picture of my lesson plan from minute six, zero to minute 60 and I, I fill in content of how I've ran my class and I do a little write-up on whether it worked well and what I could have done better and and uh, that grew um, pretty well and people ask me questions and I love that. I love when people have um, questions because when I answer them, it helps other people. So that grew and then I eventually started a teachable platform which is just $10 a month. I put some tips up every now and again on just how people can be more effective in their classes. I offer them some options for warm-ups and um, we've got a nice little community growing there and that's that's a very interactive platform too where people can ask questions and I'll hop on and, and answer it and the goal there is just to develop this kind of online coaching community where not only can I help them but they can help each other uh, which I think is a big part of CrossFit we have this global community so yeah we have a development program and then we have like more of an organizational management and a logistical program mm -hmm. and are both of those open for anybody to participate in yeah both the coach development program and the DT lesson plan platform are for anybody and if they're interested, they can just reach me at, at one of those um, accounts, whether it's a direct message or not. But yeah, anyone's welcome to do it. And honestly, they're helpful for not just CrossFit, but any pro fitness professional that's looking to increase their, I guess, their knowledge bank and their organizational bank, whether it's a Les Mills class or a spin class. And because we also talk about uh, dealing with people, communication skills, uh, terminology which is more effective which isn't uh, managing large groups managing small groups one-on-ones safety it, it's really all in there you can learn a lot of special uh, skills beyond just how you coach a squat or how you teach a clean and jerk mm, very cool well i want to thank you for taking the time to have our chat today denise it was lovely chatting with you you're very welcome thank you for the opportunity and um if there's anything i can do going forward please let me know you betcha. Now, the final question that we ask everybody on the podcast is, how would you like to be remembered? I'd like to be remembered as, as just a good person that always wanted to help people. And I find that when I don't feel like I'm being a good person, it's my worst days. So whatever that means. But yeah, that's really, I just like to be known as, 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 as a good person who is genuine and, and just wanted to help people grow, develop, and live a happy life. I know it sounds cheesy, but that's really that simple. Mm, amazing. Well, continue to do what you're doing. You're doing some incredible things in this world there, Denise, and I will be sure to let you know once the episode goes live. Thank you so much, Angela. Have a, have a really nice day. Yeah, you too. Take care. Okay, bye-bye. Bye. -bye. bye.
That's a wrap, guys, for another week. Thanks for joining me. Now, I have a couple super exciting announcements that I want to share with you, so let's dive into those. Number one is letting you know that our September Transformation Challenge has officially opened for registration. We're over 50% sold out, so hopefully you're listening to this right when it airs so that you can nab one of those spots. This program is our signature program where we really just simplify nutrition, simplify training, and get you amazing results that will become the building blocks of this lifestyle way beyond the 28 days of working together. Okay, so how can you hook yourself up if this is something that you're interested in? So you want to head on over to AngelaHauk.com. If you click on the challenges button, it has all of the details there, but this program can be completely customized for you. You get to choose if you want to do the workouts at home or if you want to do them in the gym environment. You pick your fitness level in terms of the nutrition. You're going to receive a grocery list every week and some really super easy recipes. I don't know about you, but I don't like to spend a lot of time in the kitchen. So these recipes are super, super easy to put together. And then you have an awesome swap list, which allows that you can take the recipes and customize them so that they suit you. We have a fantastic Facebook community and you'll get some weekly chats with me so that you can create an amazing lifestyle that is going to just be designed around what works for you. So we talk about things like if you work night shifts or if you're trying to juggle picky eaters at home, if you want to know how to make good choices when going through the drive-through, we dive into all of those other components so that you can really create a lifestyle that gets you the results that you want. Second announcement is letting you know that we are down to our last couple spots for the team and training camp. If you're listening to this in August, our sale is almost over for that. So for the entire month of August, we were offering $50 off so that you would get the early bird pricing for our camp. So if you wanna sign up for camp, you are gonna wanna go to Team and Training Camp. This is our two day epic weekend surrounded by women and uh, you are just gonna have the best time. I can't wait to meet all of the incredible women that we'll get to cross paths with this year. But yeah, you can use that discount code August when you go to checkout to get some even bigger savings than what camp is on for right now. This only happens once a year. So if you're listening to this and you're thinking, ah, I just don't know. I really challenge you to head on over to teamandtrainingcamps.com. Sign up, take the plunge. What are you waiting for? I would love to meet you this September. Other than that, guys, I'll catch you next week. Bye for now. Guys, I'm on a really big mission here and I want to transform 1 million lives, but I need your help. I can't do it alone. I want you to take this episode, share it with just one person. Maybe it's a friend or a family member or maybe a coworker, just one person who could really benefit from the information in this week's episode or perhaps a previous episode. That is how we create impact. That is how we get this movement going. That's how we take people from feeling tired and just not having a fulfilled life and we put them into fulfilling their full potential. So I challenge you guys to share this with just one person. It would mean the world to me. And as always, head on over to iTunes, subscribe so that you never miss an episode. They come out every single Thursday. That is my commitment to all of you guys so that you guys can continually grow, expand, and fulfill your full potential. Have a great week. We'll catch you next time. Lots of love. Ange.